We're live. Welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey, and I'm coming at you live from N43 Records. And it's really good to be here. So uh, shout out N43 Records for letting me use the space today. That's what I'm talking about. It doesn't stop. Oh, I'm going to tell you that I love you. I'm not afraid of it. Uh, today on the show, joining me is uh, he is a the product manager here at N43, uh, the artist manager of uh, Gold Fire Fire Bird. I've always I have a hard time saying such that. a goofy name. Yeah, it is. Uh, but we've got Tom Carrillo in the house joining me today. Tom, welcome to the What's show. What's up? How Thanks you doing for today? Yes, yeah, first thing. How are you doing? I'm good. It's uh been a lot of busyness but this week has kind of chilled out a bit going into fall here and uh right just finishing out the year here and yeah how, how 2020 how are you uh how are you dealing with the season change would you say personally terribly okay. i always it's always an adjustment with the routine i'm such a routine based person yeah so any sort of change is always an adjustment but i get through it <laughs> i hear you today was a slow morning for sure sure yeah I hear you. I, I'm the same way. Uh, season change is always a kind of a rough time of year for me. Uh, I mean, I don't need, yeah, like, there's always, like, a cold going around. So, like, I'm... Right, yeah. Most of us get sick. But also, like, I don't know if it's, you know, I, like, I'm not going to claim, like, seasonal depression this early into, uh, into the season. But I always feel a little off at first. Like, like feel a little weird. I think it's probably just with the sun like you know less sun or shorter days right now yeah like uh i like th this past week was like a huge wave of anxiety and i didn't know where it was coming from feeling better now uh i think my body's adjusted but Did you figure out where it came from um i think i'm just a i'm i'm just a anxious wreck you know like i, I think that's just really where it, <laughs> a build up of a bunch of things yeah yeah but the season change doesn't help um i've been talking to some people that seem to uh be dealing going through the same thing so that's why i ask um, i mean in my routine i don't know i'm all about going to the gym and yeah being productive in the morning so no matter what i try to tackle that and it usually makes getting through the rest of the day a little bit easier if you kind of get yourself to do something first in the morning right yeah having some kind of um i'm also a morning person i know a lot you? of people aren't <laughs> having some kind of physicality to start the day is the way to go yeah. um yeah my way of doing that today was um i uh so my friends uh my friend is out of town for a, i think it's the lost lands festival i believe but uh she uh, i'm feeding her cat this weekend uh so today was the first day so that got me out of bed right and early uh so task one complete task one is complete actually i'm on task three now my task two was uh having those goons clear pioneer on the show earlier <laughs> shout out to clear pioneer they made a cool setup here jesse shout out jesse did great this is this is really truly amazing interface here i'm i'm enjoying this mushroom dude this i was so right here. i was i like that was unbelievable i was like how the fuck is this edible you know i was like this is actually like a th i thought it was like um, did they bring the full thing in here yeah no. yeah no so I, weird. I was so like blown away like and I, when grant was explaining that it's a mushroom i thought he was fucking with me for like until until like i actually like picked it up and like smelled it i'm like what the fuck this smells like like something like a food Rubbery, was, too. A rubbery food. Yeah, and he was like, yeah, no, dude, I'm not kidding. It's actually edible. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that that that's still very mystical. Uh, still very, um, I'm, I'm going to have to look that up on Wikipedia <laughs> after this. So Before I put in my meals. Yeah, yeah. very, yeah. So, um, so Tom, uh, what we talk about in Mr. Nice Guy, we examine love and fear through passionate and creative minds. First time I met you... Um, we had been connected on Facebook, but I reached out to you over the summer. I was like, uh, yeah, dude, like uh, I was working with Loom at the time. Um, and I was like, yeah, uh, I see you're a part of N43. I see that a lot of great artists uh, work with you and I'd love to come meet you. I'd love to. I came 
I, the thing is, I came to talk about Loom, but we ended up just kind of hanging out. You showed me some music. Sometimes that's how it works, yeah. That's the way it should be. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh came here and um, was really uh, felt very comfortable right away. Um, you know, you guys, uh, you guys not only have a great setup, but you're really friendly people. Um, I, I really love, uh, you know, just uh, a lot of the the characters that come through here. Uh, shout out to Lex. Shout out to. I Val. wish we had one of those like GoPros that just tracked a few days in here and saw the differences of people throughout the day. At different we should times. do that. We should make like it a, would be really cool. We should make like an N43 documentary. We could make that happen sometime. Yeah. That'd be cool. A lot of different random moments in here, but that's yeah. what it's all about. <laughs> the salt lamps are a nice touch. Yeah, we got to. Uh, Jesse's been making this place a lot more vibey too over yeah. time, and uh, a lot of the stuff built in here was built by Steve, who is one of the OG producers with this whole team. And sure. Yeah, they did all of this. I mean, this used to be Howell Street Studios. I don't know yeah, if you know yeah. how much history, but I kind of came yeah. in and made it their own. But I feel like there are a few similarities. So. Yeah, um, definitely the perfect space to do this. Very, yeah. Lincoln Warehouse has all kinds of really awesome uh, initiatives, and this is one yeah, of them. Yeah, like here, here presents right down. Yeah, they're doing a bunch of cool things. I see. Uh, there's like a really cool photography studio down there. Four forty is in Lincoln Warehouse, also I believe. I think yeah, that I is that know, studio is that? Four, studio four forty. Isn't that it? It sounds vaguely familiar, but I don't really know what that is. Yeah, probably. Oh, I'll I'll look it up to double check, but. Point being, um, yeah, great stuff going on in here. But um, yeah, so uh, I was excited to because uh, um, you you told me uh, a lot about your own goals personally as well as goals for N forty three and uh, how you hope to um, you know get your artists uh, well navigated with who they really are and how they're communicating who they are through their sound, but also simultaneously. Um, being well versed in the business side of things, helping them do as much as they can, like, uh, on their own, but also like you know utilizing their team as necessary, and and you know asking for help when they need it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's important to do. Um, and that's that's really really awesome that you know you it really does seem like a family in here. Like you guys are all looking after each other and are, are all like um you know you're you're. It's it's not like just like a, you know we're gonna we're the record label and we're gonna call the shots with what you do. It's like no, you're actually helping the artists like you know be their fullest truest selves, which mm-hmm. is really, really awesome. It's definitely our goal. Um, for us, I mean, at least as a record label, when we started, it was kind of the question was, how are we gonna market this? Are we marketing ourselves like a record label as a brand? But it kind of became obvious that. The artists are who matter. So we put our efforts into the artists and the things they're doing individually. We let the label kind of speak for itself. And throughout time, it's kind of helped us work on our infrastructure, which I think is something that lacks in cities like Milwaukee, where there's a lot of passionate people, but it's very hard to kind of break out into what people in some of the more successful music cities are doing or creative or whatever you want to call it. But yeah. That's what we're striving to do is we want to just operate the way any other record label would. We don't really want to cater to like a DIY scene as weird as that sounds. We kind of want to know we want to be a real stepping stone to the real industry that's everywhere else in the world. And um, it it takes time. It takes Mm -hmm. artist development. Artists need to do a good job. So we're helping them at least build a platform here. And if a song breaks, a song breaks. And if not, you know, they're continuing to get writing sessions, recording songs, getting the production. Yeah. Um, yeah, we try to just be a resource, and we're a partnership, you know. Right. And we're not looking to own an artist forever. We want them to move on and do bigger things. Th- and that, that's really cool, too, um, uh, that you're not uh, trying to be, like, an end-all, be-all. You know, you're just trying to be, you know, an a, a, a integral piece of an artist's career. Um, like... Everyone, you know, pretty much everyone will start as a DIY, whatever it is they do. But it's like, how do you, how do you like um, bridge the gap between, you know, starting out with, you know, what you have, you know, beginning and, you know, playing house shows or, or in my case, doing my podcast in my in my living room, <laughs> right. um, and turning that into well, 
if you want to turn this into, you know, a self-sustaining like machine, if you want to, if you want this to be a business, if you want this brand to actually like uh, become what people recognize you for, then you know you have to, you know, you have to be smart. You have to be decisive. You have to be, um, you know, you really have to set those goals for yourselves. Um, you know, and because no one is gonna, you know, lift off the lift off the ground if they don't if they're not setting both short-term and long-term goals. Totally. And that's one thing we try to do is definitely set goals. And I mean, even over time for ourselves, it only helps us out by us get doing the same exact thing as a record label. Like, like I said, the biggest thing we've been focusing on is infrastructure and making sure that when songs come out, they're being marketed over time in some sort of way. There's content being built and it hasn't been perfect yet, but we're always consistently perfecting that model. Right. it comes it's it's double sided like the artist needs to be doing the work themselves as well um especially for us like working with more developing artists rather than overly established who maybe have manager i should say they don't have managers that are pushing them daily or doing the things so we're kind of filling in that role a bit without taking that on as well so it's a lot of consulting to the artist as well on that side of things and i mean like Valerie Lightheart she just got a manager so it was a really good transition to kind mm-hmm. of working him in and kind of getting their ideas like that's what we want we want yeah. that kind of growth like where they've built the investment there on their own and you know she built that relationship on her own and said this is you know this person's managing me uh, his name is michael outer loop shout out um, shout out yeah and just you know that's what we want to be doing like okay now you've got someone that's working with you we're going to work with them and help build and that's awesome that's that that's it's not rocket science either sometimes it's just planning and sticking to the plan and being real on both sides like what are you actually doing and where you know we use a lot of numbers and data on that because that's what we have to rely on so yeah it's kind of how we do it right well that's great i mean that's given the creative control and also professional control um you know to the artist so um no and that i think that that uh um especially when people think of like big record labels when they think of the music industry it's like you know you constantly think about you know there's that stigma of commercialism there's that stigma of like we're only going to do what makes you money it's like no yeah money's great but like you know but is this going to fulfill you like internally um and and that's like one thing that really i feel like helped me start with a roster of artists for the label is that I have that experience as a manager and I've been at, you know, major record label offices and I see how they operate and it's, it's nice to be able to translate that into kind of our own thing, but make it a little bit better because it's definitely not what people think at times for both good and bad reasons. Um, But yeah, at the end of the day, you know, if we want an artist to be able to be able to sustain without a record label too like we've i've been through situations as a manager where we've left a major label and it's like what are you gonna do now like are things done are you gonna put on another record are you gonna continue to tour you know how could we have stopped that from not happening or you know yeah just kind of like being able to carry on with or without i guess a record label but as N43, that's, you know, why we, we kind of push that so much on these newer developing artists is, like, be registered to a PRO and kind of have your shit handled mm-hmm. so that, you know, when things do happen, it can really benefit you. And then when things kind of slow down, you're still, you know, money's coming in and you did right. the right thing early on and you're not catching up. I mean, especially now that so many songs are coming out, like, so many artists just aren't registered songwriters with, like, BMI and ASCAP, which is the most simple thing. Yeah, to get started, like little things like that, artists don't know because they're busy creating. And yeah, yeah, right, protecting their rights. Um, exactly. Yeah. and it's like, yeah, you may see sense right now, but if you're doing this for years and you happen to write a hit song or you write a ton of songs, and I mean, that's that's how you do this for a living. Is <laughs> right, right. So essentially, like preparing an artist for like it's like when you do eventually like you know make this like a um, you know, whether it's like your career really launches and you take off and you're able to tour and travel and do all these amazing things, like they will know how to like play their cards correctly. They'll they'll know how to like, you know, be confident in their decisions moving forward. And it's like they're they're not like uh 
experiencing any um you know lapse in judgment when that does happen and it's like well when that song does if it does take off or you know i do start you know playing out a ton more it's like you're going to be able to stay consistent but also keep like a good head on your shoulders and know that like well yeah this is um it's like yeah this is really exciting and and it's like i i you and by all means it's like they can enjoy that and have fun with that but also you know it's like well making wise decisions you know with how they move forward with their money and their management and you know what they're you know what they're uh, allowing themselves to be a part of sounds like yeah definitely and um i mean there's a lot of money to be made on music these days um licensing streaming like it's the industry's definitely in my opinion changed for the better in general and it gives artists a lot bigger incentive and opportunity to be handling these things with an internet radio too like there's a ton of money coming from there yeah. it's yeah. about getting your music everywhere not just Spotify. Right. <laughs> you're, you're yeah. Like the chances of you landing, you know, a major playlist, that should not be your marketing plan. Yeah, that... Th- that's you want your music yeah. to be discovered by a lot of people. Like when you put out a song like 0.001% of people know about it. Like there's mm. a lot of people in the market too that you don't know and you have to get past your own habits too. And that was something as a manager, I think early on I kind of had to learn was like it's not just about like numbers in one specific place either it's like sustaining that bigger picture and it's really going to kind of speak for itself Mm -hmm. at that point and that's where things then do react yeah yeah i think spotify is like you know that becomes the default but like you said there's there's so much other means to be uh to generating yeah like a song doesn't die the day it comes out or the week it comes out like like Lex Allen, uh, he's he's an artist I've been managing for a couple of years now, and shout out Lex, him, yeah, shout out Lex. Uh, we have him signed to the label too, and it's been like just building the bigger picture. But as the bigger picture builds on other platforms, we see Spotify growing. We mm-hmm. see the listeners kind of growing. Like Spotify, the way the algorithm works, it's kind of in tiers of you know, you hit that five to ten k range where you can kind of hit that discovery mode. That's what you kind of shoot for to really get in there. So it's like how you're rolling out your releases and stacking them and using content. Like that's another big thing, content and getting yeah. that made and putting it out consistently. Right. Not just for a week and then no one reacts and you move <laughs> on or whatever. Like, right. But what I was saying was like, let go that song that you put out. Yeah. Like that song, when we put it out on the EP, it was three songs. One of them was a re-release and two new ones. And that song out of the three wasn't the one that we thought was going to kind of hit. Like, we originally thought it was going to be Identity. And this one, Let Go, just started to really perform. So we kind of put focus onto it, then put a content plan around that. Eventually, this video that just came out came out. And um, it's getting more streams than it did on the first day. And Mm. on top of that, like, the LP we put out a year ago is getting double the amount of streams than it did. Yeah, Like, it's, you know really good time to be able to do that kind of shit if you have no, right. three to five years to really build a plan to get started and, and then there is yeah. where the shit happens key word you said was rollout the rollout, rollout is can't be emphasized enough the rollout is such a it's a very key part of the process is like how are you going to implement your brand into all this music that you're putting out it's like yeah like you know it's you know like artists spend tons of time with the craft of music by nature if they're serious about it they're going to be doing that jesse was just saying like music is the thing that you know he obsesses over and and it's a meticulous process and he's not alone many other uh you know any any artists that really like fall in love with the process are going to love the the, the the craft process of music and they're going to devote much of their time to doing that but that being said you know all part of uh and this is where the business of it comes into is like well merchandise you know uh, logos uh you know shows and and making shows like you know a, a true spectacle and videos and just other you know tangible pieces of the puzzle of like well yeah like 
you know, this 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 artist is like really like, uh, you know, they have an image, you know, they have something that I can remember them from. They can, you know, it's not just about like the song. It's also about, you know, like the, the message they're trying to get across, like as a person. It's like Lex, for example, is like Lex is probably the one of the first ones that come to mind. It's like he's all about like, you know, f- like fuck the, you know, the norms imposed on me and like what people expect of me. It's like. You know, whether it's his music, his gender, his, you know, like any anything that, you know, like people, anything that, you know, was taught to you that like you have to do in order to be accepted or to be successful is like, you know, that's out the window. Like it's all about like, you know, being yourself, owning your image, like owning who you are. And that's what people remember him for. And that's exactly like when we talk about concepts and ideas for rollout of things and kind of what the thing is going to be. It's not, it's never like a force. Like I'm never right. telling him what to do. He's showing me what he wants to do. And it's right. more so like, all right, well, we need to do this to make it happen. We need to do this and kind of give, give the opportunity to make right. that happen the way it needs to. And yeah. Sometimes, you know, it's easier than for me to just kind of let go and let him do the image himself i oh yeah <laughs> and i can focus on the other shit <laughs> right well yeah exactly <laughs> that works out <laughs> yeah. well also part of it is, and he also uses such like you know, he uses specific examples in his life of like you know where his struggle has has occurred and like his and how it's like you know how he's dealt with it um you know that's been like uh like that's part of his rollout process is like he regularly like keeps that consistency of like explaining, yeah, like this happened to me today. And, you know, I said like, you know, fuck that. Like I'm, I'm just doing me keep it moving. You buttes. Like that's what he says at the end of every post, it seems. Uh, and um, yeah, like it's, it's that, it's like that interactivity um, is, is a huge part of it. You know, just, you know, having, just bringing, you know, your own personal anecdotal experiences uh, uh, that that go that play into what you're trying to do here and who you are, um, you know, bringing those into like what is part of your artist brand. He's doing it right, so so good job, Lex. Uh, so. Yeah, but you know, like I said, yeah, rollout is huge. You know, just being prepared on all fronts into, you know, what what you're releasing and uh, as a record label, and hopefully someone hears this, like, give yourself a solid four to six weeks after your 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 actual song is done to kind of strategize that that rollout plan. Like that time will fly by. I know it seems like a lot of people just want to like crank things out, and you know, they want to get it released out every couple weeks and stuff like that but like if you're not putting any real time into it, it's going to show in the streams itself and, mm-hmm. and just really give yourself time to at least and you owe it to yourself as an artist at least do it right and don't take any shortcuts right i mean that's you know we have as a record label as a manager myself i have to remember that too you know we're yeah. all human and we don't want to take shortcuts but yeah it's not always like that i think people get lost in the um and almost uh, they can get lost between the the taking time with it but also the consistency yeah. at the same time you know they want to give up if it doesn't do what it doesn't do right away or like whatever, yeah but it's like i don't know did you really have that many listeners before right well yeah like or what are you doing to build those listeners and maybe that's not going to hit this time but maybe you you put out another song and for some reason the other song blows up i don't know there's so many things that can happen but if you like you said if you aren't consistent you're not even giving the opportunity for something to happen right yeah, like, yeah, and by consistent, it just means that, like, you know, you're always working on something, you know, e- even if that does take time. Um, taking time, just being, you know, it all goes into, like, making, you know, intelligent uh, decisions or in the direction you're going and, you know, really taking time with a song and knowing that it's finished rather than... It, 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 has, to, it has to feel finished, you know, it, like... Rather than, you know, feeling like it has to be out just so you can work on the next thing, you know, um, 
we we lose sight of that. I I lose sight of that sometimes. I'm like, okay, I just want to get this over with, so I'm gonna put this out, like mm-hmm. you know. But then like I'll catch myself doing that and I'll be like, no, you know, I think that uh, I need to make a couple more edits on this episode or on this article. I need to rephrase a couple things, you know, so it's grammatically there. Right. You know, it's like. It has it has to feel done definitely. And too, like I mean, if you're not investing that effort into yourself, like then fucking no one else is going right. To. Then like. then you certainly aren't. <laughs> so um, so Tom, how did you like uh, really? I guess like yeah, how did you get your start here with N43? Uh, how did or how did and how did you? I, sh- I guess I could take it even further back and say like uh, where did uh, you know, artist and product management uh first become like uh. A reality for you i mean high school was always doing the band thing i had a my friend mike and i we just started jamming he got a drum set i got a guitar or some bass or something and we were terrible i was terrible um but the idea of a band was just so yeah so cool and so fun like mm-hmm. We just we were doing that instead of a ton of other things you know we weren't playing sports we were downstairs in his basement jamming and um I s- we started this band that eventually turned into a band called with hours waiting which was a hardcore screamo kind of thing we went down and recorded our ep with joey surges who produced the devil wears prada oh, so wow. it nice. was like a really cool experience like we really for being a bunch of kids in high school we were taking our shit seriously like we were playing milwaukee shows we were playing michigan shows i think we started playing minneapolis and a little bit of chicago and before you we didn't even know what we were doing we were before you keep going give me one second Sorry, it's that existential fear of like, you know, what if oh, something totally. happened on Jesse's phone where it's like it's not recording anymore? But it is okay. Um, keep going. So you were taking your music seriously, and um, yeah, yeah, school. no, yeah. we were uh, for a bunch of kids in high school not knowing what we were doing. We were doing it kind of unintentionally, right? When I look back on it, like just playing shows, and we weren't even overplaying. We were just really putting effort into the shows we were playing. Um, and being in high school, it was very easy to connect with a lot of people. Um, eventually that band split up and we started this pop group. The singer was called Mechanical Kids. It was kind of a merge of a couple bands sure. from Milwaukee. Like uh, a super group. A super group. So yeah. it was six of us, a big group. And, uh, this was towards the end of high school slash graduating, like during that time. So we were all like 18 turning 19. We signed a major label deal, uh, with Universal Motown. And it was, w- you know, we we were just so new. I think we had literally played 11, 12 shows maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had just gotten a manager, and all of a sudden, like, the label was into it. Was into it. So we signed a deal. We went through a year of, like, co-writing and kind of just developing an album and just learning, like, this really crazy process that we had no idea what we were <laughs> really getting ourselves into. Um, about like a year and a half, two years into that, uh, Republic actually bought out Motown. And so Universal s- was split in half. There were two big divisions of it. We hadn't finished a record or anything. We had just been spending a ton of money. So mm-hmm. when Republic had us on the short list, if they were going to resign us through this transition, um, we didn't get picked up. So, uh, we kind of went back, you know, to things on our own after about, a half a year of that process until it was official that we were terminated, etc. We we you know we were self managed again. I kind of just took over and we just started playing national tours, um, not really great ones, but we were mm-hmm. really doing it. You know, we ton of really good experiences. But yeah, I think through that process, uh, eventually, uh, we I split from that band, so did a few other members, and they. Everyone kind of split to do their own thing from that point, and um, I started interning for this company out of Chicago uh, for this guy named Brett Bassey. I was going down to Chicago like for two days a week for like two to three years or so, wow. and just interning for them. Like they were uh, they were kind of a bigger management company, 
down there. They blew up. Their first band was Disturbed. So they oh, were doing wow. like active rock kind of cool. stuff. And then they were also heavily involved in Chicago cover bands. So there's a really good scene down there. Like a lot of bars, a lot of places oh, yeah. to play, and a lot of big cover bands. Like it's a different community. Um, so I kind of experienced that. Um, but I brought in a band called Vinyl Theater, which they're from here. Shout out Vinyl Theater. Shout out Vinyl Theater. <laughs> Um, similar situation happened with them. They got signed to a major really quick after we started managing them. But Brett left KMA to go move to LA, so you know he wanted to start Gold Firebird. So the at that time it was like you know you brought in Vinyl Theater. I have a big writing client. Let's start this new brand and kind of just you know continue to do it as is as a partnership. Yeah, I knew who they were from uh, when they played. Um it was like a like a alternative festival uh, at the Hollywood Casino Amphitheater in 2015 when I was working there down in Tinley Park in Chicago. Oh yeah, was it for that radio show? Yeah, yeah, the ra- Q101. I think. Q101. Yeah, yeah that yeah, was yeah. it. Yeah, I, I was actually there for that. That was, uh, a, that was a fun time. I got to see the Offspring man. That was oh, so yeah, cool. Yeah, I was working that show, um, but that was how I heard of Vinyl Theater because they were like on one of the side stages and. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I didn't even know they were from Milwaukee. So, also, with Vinyl Theater, uh, Joel Wanasek, which is a producer from here, um, he he did their EP before. You know, It was around the time we picked them up, and I've always had a really close relationship with Joel. He's, he was, he started, his studio started in Richfield, mm. in his parents' basement, sure. and he really decked it out and got some really big metal projects, and he nice. did the With Hours Waiting stuff, so... He was always like a real good homie and a really good resource for artists who were hitting him up to come through. So Vinyl Theater happened to be one of those. So I was around when they were making their EP and was able to be around the process very early by just hanging out with Joel and being at a studio. I I put a lot of effort into just like staying connected with the people really doing it. Yeah. And that's, you know, how I got involved in Vinyl Theater so early on. Awesome. Yeah. uh, They were definitely like a man. Like, they did a lot for my career as a manager, and they definitely established themselves. Like, they did a lot for themselves, too, mm-hmm. and I think everyone really walked away from that with a lot, at least a platform of some sort to work off of, so, including Gold Firebird. And from there, so, I mean, I think Gold Firebird's been a thing now for about five years or so. Sure, yeah. And I had, uh, I'm, there's so much that happens, so I'm just trying to make sure I don't miss anything, but... Four years ago, I want to say, I moved to Nashville, um, and it was just after I found out I was having a kid, so mm-hmm. it was a very extreme time in my life, and this was during, like, I was still doing Gold Fire, but I was literally just managing. I had just finished uh, college at Full Sail. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I was doing that online while I was touring in uh, Mechanical sure, Fields yeah. um, before I left, so I would really taken on that business role at that point, but... Um, I moved to Nashville, very tough time in my life for sure. Um, but I learned a lot. I learned a lot from it. And that's, I think that's where I kind of got the motivation to be doing this day, day to day. I spent two and about two years down there. And I was just seeing like the competition and what real managers do on the day to day. I had a really mm-hmm. good uh, roommate down there named Bert. Shout out Bert. Um, he's Shout also out Bert the roommate. <laughs> he's a manager as well. Um, way older than me he's been doing it for a while and he's always giving me really good advice because he's he's been really doing it so um he's he's a great friend so spent two years there i moved back because i split with the mother of my uh, child so it was just a brutal process to be like going back and forth because the last thing i wanted to do was not be in my daughter's life Um, and they had moved down to nashville for like six seven months maybe um towards the end there but then the split happened and eventually i moved back so during that time of moving back steve pitzel um antics four giants um he was already starting to kind of work i think they were just getting the studio space at the time and um are the the label's owned by a media company called attention era mm-hmm. so you know it's been their their investment for this music company like where it's kind of a big umbrella kind of thing so steve you know what told you know kind of brought me up to the owners there and kind of just vouched for me um in this big unclear vision Mm -hmm. so they brought me in and initially it wasn't gonna be a record label it was gonna be like just kind of a music group 
but there was no clear vision. And eventually it just turned into straight up record label. Um, yeah. But yeah. Things came official with that like two years ago. Um, and it was great for me coming back from Nashville and being able to still really use everything I learned um, to kind of apply it here. And it's kind of just been that now. I've been just really, especially these last two years, um, really building the label and is still continuing to establish the management side of things. And I feel like it's definitely leveled up. And mm -hmm. as I level up, just like anything else in life, it gets harder. <laughs> but yeah. I have a really fucking awesome team. I think uh, like Nick and even Jesse from Clear Pioneer, man, like he's killing it on being just awesome, around dude. and present. Like, Oh, man, he's like, if I could tell you how many times I saw him over, this, all, all over the city, like at different uh, street festivals, shows, doing the sound and everything. Like he, he he's works gonna real hard. He's going to get somewhere, man. He's, he's really going to do it. But yeah, Nick as well. When, uh, Nick Shout started, out Nick Heath. Yeah, Nick Heath, man. He uh, he's in the other room. Yeah, <laughs> doing doing work, man. Like yeah. he's he's been real awesome and kind of helping me stay level headed through timelines and processes and just being there. I mean, he's had a bunch of a bunch of really good ideas himself. Like I I mm -hmm. really see him doing things for himself too. And that's like the other thing about this group is we're all like doing other things. Like he's in a band as well. American Bandit. We're all just like doing this every day, and we just we put the time into it. And Jesse said it best: like if you want to make it here, you literally just have to fucking do the work, and yeah. complete things, and do things, and consistently do things. So that's what we, you know, we find ourselves here trying to do the things that even the small monotonous things, but you know, working towards that bigger picture. And right. I've had, I personally feel like I've had a lot of crazy life experiences through touring and through the industry um both good and bad and it's kind of helped shape who i am now and i continue to have even more crazy experiences and yeah right some within this room right <laughs> yes yeah yeah lots of yeah totally i mean this this space has been great to really showcase what we do and invite people here and really just make people you know give give that vibe that like we're here as a group and we're, we're doing this yeah and we're trying to even just like become more beneficial for the city like we did an la writing camp and it turned out very successful we want to start doing those kind of things here where we invite outside producers to come work with our team and just complete some songs and yeah open up a conversation from there so that's kind of where our mindset is at lately right now is um kind of just building to the community a bit more because there's a lot of really good talented people here low key that aren't being searched by or discovered by people everywhere else and if we can kind of like i said create that hub and that ability mm -hmm. like that's what we want to do oh man i feel Preach. like i just ranted hard no there, not, not at all no you did great uh well it's awesome that you know everything that you went through good and bad led you to where you are now and you're doing I'd say you're in a pretty desirable place doing really amazing work um, from the looks of it. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. I Every day I wake up and no matter if I'm in a bad mood or not, like I'm still making a point to be here oh, because yeah. we can't we can't lose out on this opportunity to right. really be doing things. Making something out of nothing. Can't be our own worst enemies either and make it, you know, yeah. like there's days you want to be lazy and shit and it's allowed sometimes, but mm -hmm. sometimes you got to get past your own ego. Yeah. Yeah, man, totally. Like, so that is... I mean, yeah, you know, that was like that's a pretty awesome like uh, evolution, like personal evolution. It sounds like you've had, and um, and I talk about it on the show all the time, um, Milwaukee and its music scene, its art scene in general. But um, you know, since we're here in a music space, like specifically like in the music scene, like man, like, we have some really fucking amazing musicians out here. Oh, my God, it's so... Uh, I get excited thinking about it. Like, I just met with this uh, writer that I won't name right now, but uh, I just... He came in and showed us some things, and I just was like... Like, I had even seen his band live, and I thought it was cool, but when he showed us what he was, like, producing on his own, I was like, holy fuck, man. Like... It's absolutely fucking... That's what I'm looking yeah. for, man. I want... I, like... Um, yeah, no, I, that's what we're looking for yeah. is, like, the real talent. And, yeah. I mean, it, I think also then kind of comes the whole uh, saying no thing. You know, we kind of have to weed through a lot of passionate people, but we really are looking for that talent as well. Like, oh, we, yeah. I want someone to come in here and show me some songs, and I'm going, oh, my God, dude, like, 
getting a session right now. Dude, there's <laughs> so much of that. Oh my, like uh both individual artists and bands and Yeah, technology's just making it easier. Right. Like that's why that's why like uh you know, breaking and entering it it doesn't get old. The work I do out there like uh you know, covering local shows, it never gets old because there's so many. I was gonna say, how long has Breaking Entering been around? I feel like I've known the name. Ten years. So, Ten yeah. years. Yeah. Um, but only in the last five years did it really become like um, you know, a publication that like people actually looked looked towards with like, you know, coverage on what musicians like are doing out five here. Five to seven years for anything. Yeah. Isn't right. there like a rule about that or some shit? Like, or is it like ten thousand hours, which equates to? Five years that you do something before it, before it really like. Uh, like I think that goes back to that consistency. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's I the same shit being a blog or right. Like like and I don't know how much uh, content it really started as. I mean, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure it was like pretty small, like at first, like the first couple of years. But now, like, I mean, I try to help Alan as much as uh, as much as I can with like you know the the coverage on. You know everything from the DIY house shows that only a couple people are at, all the way to, you know, like Summerfest shows. You know shows that, um, you know, much bigger venues like out here. Like, um, I know that uh, Milwaukee band Dead Horses just played at the Paps Theater. Like that's pretty fucking awesome. I wasn't there, but I would have totally covered that show. I mean, but from every, like, you know, from the smallest scale up to, like, the very highest, like, Milwaukee has, like, really, really awesome artists out here. And it just, it's a lot to tap into, and I never run out of shows to to run over to and, and cover it. And I, and you know, I just, I never mind the commute. I never mind the the late hours it sometimes takes like the a lot of times when I'd rather when I could totally just be in bed you know I'm out to a show and you know just sometimes ep- sometimes we make that decision yeah we're we're allowed to sometimes oh right of course <laughs> oh yeah you need you do need those those are show, bed no. yeah right sometimes you you need to go to bed especially it's like when it's like that band you want to cover that's playing that night they're going to be playing next week go to that show instead but point being you know like just the opportunity to be able to like see these great bands, talk to them, get to know them, see like, you know, what are they trying to do here? What do they, how do they perceive the music scene? How do they perceive their own placement in the music scene? You know, we, we got something. Um, People talk about, like I, uh, I was talking to, um, uh, had wave Chappelle and uh, Buddha Dar on the show uh, last month. Yeah. Last month. Um, they're in Atlanta now and they're saying like, no, we gotta like, like Atlanta may be popping right now and people might be really like noticing Atlanta in its scene, but, but like they were saying like, no, we got real good shit in Milwaukee and like people, it's gonna, as long as we just keep that momentum moving forward and as long as like people don't give up on it and really like, uh, you know, start using our, utilizing our resources and, I think it's just a matter of people just it's a lack of knowledge of what we have. People just aren't used to the idea that Milwaukee could be a music city. And I think that, you know, from people that are are currently in a bustling scene that are come originally come from here to be able to speak on that and say, well, you know, Milwaukee definitely has it and like we definitely shouldn't be giving up on it. We're definitely in the best place we can be right now. It's like it's just a matter of moving, you know, keep climbing that mountain then you know it, it just makes me more excited to work um and it makes anyone it anyone that really knows it and embraces it it's going to make them excited for you know one day people will, will really start noticing Milwaukee want to come here want to see our music scene you know start listening to our artists from outside the city um you know it makes me just i i, I dream about that all the time and i'm so so thrilled to to see uh to see where it goes i i know it'll i know we got it definitely um and yeah our city definitely has a lot of hype with the dnc coming yes you know cultural although i don't really know where it's at right now foxconn (laughs) right i mean there's 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 a lot of efforts being put into it too like it's definitely not completely unintentional either i think um a lot of people invested financially in the city too really want and have the money to spend on 
the creative scene here. Yeah, but but I think what one of the things that sets us back. Um, talking to a friend recently, we were discussing how people just don't think they they still think that like they need to move somewhere else to succeed. Um, they still think they're not used to the idea that Milwaukee can be like a music city. Um, people still think that it's like, well, we're, you know, we don't have that much, like it's still dead. Like, you know, we don't have that much opportunity here, but really like we do, I think just, I I think, like I said earlier, it's just a a lack of awareness and knowledge of like what it is. I think it's just, yeah, lack of real life experience. Like when I came back from Nashville, I finally understood a lot more potential here that's for sure yeah. like maybe some people yeah. need to leave i don't leave know, and come back to leave, realize come that back. Yeah. but then also i mean something i learned too is i mean you can go to la whenever you can i mean nashville is nine to twelve hour drive mm-hmm. uh, a flight to la and back isn't terrible ne- a new york flight although new york is a bit more tough i think you need to be there for a specific reason yeah for it to make sense i mean that's really not an expensive flight whatsoever it comes direct out of milwaukee like it's getting easier to just do it in cities like this too mm-hmm. um, but it really comes down to you know like the community and things like that and that's why as a record label we want to showcase that music is happening here too less in uh milwaukee itself but like the realness like yeah that's the other thing is like we can have that here but we need people who are really capable of really doing it and making real decisions and spending money the right way and treating their brand like a business yeah yeah yeah, exactly like i mean it takes a lot it takes development on that side too you can't have a closed-minded person here right yeah because they probably just don't know enough themselves so i think there definitely needs to be like emphasis on the people here doing it and making sure it's the right people and that's why we like we don't really flash ourselves beyond the brand like we the brand is speaking for itself on 43 records like it's becoming its thing we don't people don't need to know like me personally you know like that i want to get to know <laughs> you personally that's what like, yeah. you know what i mean like right now i know efforts mean, go though, yeah. into like the work being done that people right. notice and then people yep. go people connect the dots and that's what we want to be we want to be like oh well they did this or they're connected with these people or they're doing shit like this like maybe we should like talk to them and yeah and that's how I, I definitely came across you guys doing seeing that like for yeah sure. totally yeah. I mean and again I think that's where the infrastructure is key like mm-hmm. and that's why we're putting so much of an emphasis on that especially for the last year and a half or so is because then there is actually something good yeah <laughs> right right uh, we definitely want to complete the project I guess yeah <laughs> I think what also helps um you know not viewing Chicago uh, our closest like big city um. Not viewing it as competition, but also utilizing Chicago. Oh, dude, there's so many good writers in Chicago. Oh my God, like, yeah. you'd be shooting yourself in the foot. And I mean, you're then you have a double market. Like, you have a way bigger market to easily get to on top of one where, you know, yeah. you're kind of, a, I think we're at like, what, a million people, yeah. Milwaukee proper. They call it a, that would call it a, a megalopolis, yeah. is the term, uh, where it's like a, several metropolitan areas, like, making up a, a big one. I wrote a paper on it in high school, that concept. There's a lot of music listeners there, too. Like, yeah. when I look at all of our artists, uh, Spotify analytics, even artists that aren't really marketing in Chicago, a lot of listeners come from there. So, Oh, yeah. Definitely. Um, like I said, that goes back into just, like, getting your music fucking everywhere. Yeah. Twin Cities, too. Twin an- Cities another is a big one. Great yeah. one. Another huge music scene. And it's like, we get artists touring through Milwaukee from both Chicago and the Twin Cities a lot. Like if, and to the point where a lot of Milwaukee music lovers have a lot of familiarity with both scenes and like the artists that come through, and they're like, you know, this is, uh, this is lady, uh, the, uh, she makes this really really cool like, um, uh, it's like, it's like folk music, but she uses like tape loops and like, in this really really cool way, um, they're she's called the nunnery. Uh, she's out of Minneapolis and like, um, I think she used to live here, but now she's in the Twin Cities and it's, it's like some of the coolest music I've ever heard. I've never heard anything like it. Um, and like, it's like, yeah. And, but you know, she plays here like all the time. Like I, it's like stuff like that, you know, it's like, 
exchanging our Milwaukee and our Twin Cities and our Chicago artists, like, you know, having us get get to know each other's scenes, you know, adapt to each other's, like, you know, scenes and, and like, you know, making connections out there, finding listeners out there, you know, really getting to know, like, you know, the venues and, like, you know, what, I guess, like, what is, like, uh, in highest, um, like, where each place is at with, like, oh, like, you know, Minneapolis, St. Paul, like, they have a huge hip-hop scene. I'm sure they have a ton of other stuff, too. Chicago, also largely known for its hip-hop scene, and Wilco. Uh, <laughs> um, Milwaukee, I think, is, uh, it's sort of like a halfway mark between the two, and I think that we're still navigating, like, the sound that people know us for, and that's okay, because, you know, we have a lot of a lot of great sounds coming out of here. Yeah, I think that's definitely a tough part, because, like, you mean vinyl theater? I don't know how many people talk about them, but I mean they're a very specific, distinct sound in that mm-hmm. whole alternative indie pop. World. Yeah. But well, I guess Bada Bears, Eau Claire, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I know there's and there's Violet Mad- Femmes, Violet, I mean, yeah, Bodines. Also, we we forget about Madison too. Oh yeah. Yeah, artists coming out of Madison and uh, big venue scene over there too, like. Uh, yeah, no, like, there's, there's a lot of great artists coming out of Madison as well. Like, I think we just need to use each other more. Um, we also need, like, better all-ages venues. That too, yeah. I love the X-Ray Arcade in Cudahy that just opened, but it is a bit of, it is a, bit of a commute. It's a commute, although I really love Nick Woods and everything. Oh, yeah, I shout, have a, shout out Nick Woods. Yeah, <laughs> he, I have a lot of respect for him, and I think yeah. uh, from what Metal Grill was, he's bringing it up, and I think it definitely has a cool edge. I just location is a bit tough yeah yeah um yeah i uh i agree like i think one that's definitely more like in the middle of things one that's more easily uh accessible like i know the new state is they're working on the new state they have been for some time um it's still like in some where is that uh it's over closer to marquette um, I don't know too much about that. Yeah, there's been like a whole team, the the team that was doing free space at the Jazz Gallery. They've been working on it, like Janice Webb. And that's going to be an all-ages thing? Yeah. yeah. So that'll be huge. It's just like, yeah. I mean, Miramar is cool, but I've had a lot, personally, I've, I've had, had some had negative a lot of, experiences there. I've had a lot of, I mean, dude, I was playing shows there in high school. I saw one of my like first real local DIY shows there. It was, I think it was... Uh, since by man, do you remember that band? No. Since by man, oh, they used to play like Shorewood. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> it was them and like some other really fucking good metal band, and the, and the Miramar was like completely set up differently. But yeah. Then yeah, there's just been uh, so many different experiences that personally I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, we don't have to get into that, but I I I, I agree. Um, good and bad though. Right, right, right. Good, yeah. Good and bad. I agree. I agree. Empty and full. Yeah, I had uh, no I, like my first uh, show that I helped put together was at the Miramar, so that was that was really cool. But yeah, yeah, like I think um, yeah, all ages venues are huge. Like definitely like focusing on like you know, I know that money is is a huge factor for a lot of musicians, but I do urge a lot of artists in all all the cities we named like you know, if they have the means to, you know, like by all means, like playing out in your own city is, is, you know, very, very important. And, you know, people should always be doing that, but also, you know, even just by traveling to like a local, you know, a local market outside of our own, like Madison, Twin Cities, Chicago, um, even in other cities around the state, like I know, I've heard Appleton. They like a lot of music up there. Like uh, they really support Lex too. They love yeah. Lex up there. Oh um, right, yeah. There's a lot of uh, like places. Yeah, you got to kind of pay attention to what's going on in those cities. Cause, like, right, Appleton. They have like the yeah. ad agencies and a lot of yeah higher tech people who yeah aren't in Milwaukee but are still doing really cool stuff. Right, exactly. Like uh, you know, like traveling to those cities, perhaps you know playing shows like meeting people making those connections and just yeah seeing like what's working out there that we can help apply to our own scene um i myself am guilty of this i haven't traveled to uh the twin cities or madison nearly as much as i wish i could to 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 see that but 
you know, I think that that's something that, you know, really helps is just seeing what's working in other scenes and also just, you know, being able to like not see it as competition, but as, you know, scenes we could, you know, all we could work with each other to, you know, just get people to notice Midwest music in general. Mm-hmm. Midwest Action in Chicago. That's a great publication. They do great work. Yeah, I've heard yeah. of that before. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, so uh real quick tell me about uh tell me each uh artist that's uh, currently w- working with N43 right now. Okay, so N43, we've got Lex Allen. He just put out uh that awesome Let go, video, yeah. Let go. Hell yeah. Um He's he's got a bunch of new music he's working on as well. Corey Piper, um, Corey Piper. We just put out that Rose single that he actually did at the L.A. Writing Camp a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, which we have a whole we have a whole N forty three episode on our YouTube about that too. That's that, cool. That was that was a fun time. But we connected uh, him with a really good writing team out there, which I know they're now kind of working together more too. So, um, we've got Nick Voyne. And he's Shout out Nick Voyne. Yeah, he's kind of doing uh more of the alternative rock pop kind of thing. Yeah, um, and I think he's still kind of finding his sound. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a big change between pop and like active rock. Yeah, and figuring yeah. out what you kind of want to do. Um, so we've been trying to work with him on that a bit. Armand Hassan, which shout out to Armand. Uh, yeah, Armand has been. Uh, He'll be on the show in about two months. Oh really? Nice. Yeah. He's a uh, he's a hardworking dude, and he's very passionate and serious about what he's doing mm-hmm. um he's putting out an ep uh, october 18th so it's next month awesome um, we got it set up super early so oh, that would be good timing that. yeah we've got some plans on some more new releases for next year with him yeah no he's he's got a he's got a lot i think he's gonna be kind of getting into the touring thing a bit more mm-hmm. again yeah uh, but we've definitely been pushing him on that um clear pioneer which i know they were just in here hey we're just in here um here's the remnant of the mushroom jesus um they're kind of in this create mode and i think just kind of finding themselves i mean they're a very intricate band and that you know they have very they're all very very talented and yeah have a lot of good things that you know there's good at a lot of things and i think uh packaging it a bit more and figuring out whatever it is to kind of get them to the next step is definitely where they're at uh valerie lightheart also uh she's, she's a sweetheart Love yeah her she's, so much. she's a very also a very hard worker and i think that was like one of the first things that really made us want to work with her was seeing her passion and like her actually sticking to her timeline mm-hmm. and doing what she said she's gonna do right. and i just had um chris novak on the show oh, nice. recently and uh yeah no, he's, he's done He's had a, hosted a lot of shows for her. Yeah, he uh, his birthday show in February, like earlier this year, was like only like her second time playing like publicly, which is pretty amazing. Crazy, I, yeah. I don't know. She's she's also been doing a lot of pop up kind of like smaller, yeah. Low-key like she things. does, she's done. But that was like like club show though. Yeah, like yeah. that was like her like only second time playing, and. Apparently she did really good. Club a club level that's always like that second of the first tier, getting getting to that kind of yeah. like playing clubs and then you're starting to play clubs in other cities and doing club runs. Like, yeah, that's definitely that build up right there of mm-hmm. like building that history. And I know that she's kind of getting to the point where she's wanting to focus on Chicago a bit more and start yeah. to open that up. Because like you said, right. that is a big thing. Like, when are you ready to start exposing yourself to yeah. new markets? And yeah. For sure, I don't think I missed anyone. Four giants, right? Yeah, I mean they're like they're our writing team. Okay, um, antics, antics, yeah, antics and four giants. I kind of merged here because that's Steve. Okay, um, yeah, Steve and Tanner, and sure. they've kind of halted the antics stuff a bit, um, and they're kind of focused on their own things. Like Steve moved out to L.A. and he's doing the writer thing and really just pushing opportunities for himself, which is totally respectable. Like, I mean. Similar to what I did in Nashville, you kind of just got to be in it to really experience it. And sometimes you need to distance yourself and really focus. Mm-hmm. So Steve's doing that. Tanner is also really doing that. And I think he's kind of pushing himself more as an artist. And it seems like he's doing great. He's got a couple LA, or he did a couple LA gigs I saw on Instagram or something. And they're all really dope rooms that I'm familiar with. Like, I mean, you know, they're just people doing good shit. We're oh, all. Yeah. 
And I think that's why we all work together so well is like we don't need to be in contact every day, but we're all focused and we all right. the better we are at focusing on our goals, the better the bigger picture is. People are like on the outside are like, what the fuck is going on? Mm-hmm. I think it's like similar to new age narcissism. Like when I started working with Lex is when I kind of was figuring out who they were and it was people were just like blown away. And even me, like, how do you guys do this? And as I experienced it working with Lex a bit and stuff, like, I could see this, like, everyone is just focused on their own. And then they have this kind of central name and the power and numbers thing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I think it's kind of a similar concept here with, like, M43 and our team is the more we're doing shit, the more present we are. Exactly. Right. Yeah. To put it simple. Um, So, uh, how do you feel like you're personally growing through all this, like, you know, with how far, like, you know, you've taken your career and with N43 and everything you guys have coming up? Um, I want to know about you and, like, how you're feeling through all of this. Like, I guess, like, what is this helping you? Um, like, what are you learning about yourself through all this? Like, what are you, um, you know, like, day by day, like, how do you feel yourself growing? Yeah, I think um, it's definitely, especially through the last few years, one one thing I, I, I like, did is uh, I told myself, you know, like, two years ago as a New Year's resolution, and it was a, a random good one, <laughs> um, don't send emails that you when you say you're going to do something. You just send the email that you did it or you turn in whatever it is you say you're going to do. So I think shit like that, like, everyday artists and people and, brands and promoters and agents whoever rely on me to be communicating and making sure that things are moving for the artists themselves and like it's just other people's careers so for me it's just sticking to to those timelines and being able to manage a lot at once and making sure that the team is functioning and I guess it's I've never seen myself as a leader but I think it's just like pushing myself to be a better leader and sticking to doing the things I preach like I, like I was saying before, like just completing things and doing things and sending emails and starting conversations. Because, I mean, I have my own doubts and fears and things here and there, too. And there are days where I feel lazy and days where I don't. But um, always working for myself since high school in the music biz kind of way. Um, yeah. I've kind of learned that no one's working for you harder than yourself. So if. If I can't pay my bills, it's because I wasn't working hard enough. Like, for me, the success is in – I heard someone else say this, too. Um, it was another manager in a different podcast, but and he just fucking nailed it. Uh, like, the true success is, like, just having being able to have your life. Like, go hang out with your friends in your free time and pay your bills and know that, like, the next day you're going to come in here and you're going to continue to work on this awesome, bigger picture. I think it's definitely, like – Allowing my own happiness and realizing that, like, the the struggle as great as it can look in certain ways, like, you don't need to be like that. And if you plan and kind of really just take things step by step and take yourself seriously in the things that you say you're going to do, like, things should work out. And I mean, there's harder, you know, there's, there's always hard times. There's very easy times, but you kind of just got to ride along and be prepared and the better I'm prepared the no the, the more I'm prepared the more I know that I've been on the right track I guess it's beautiful <laughs> <laughs> I I hope I mean <laughs> I hope everyone uh listened to every word of that cuz that is so true um yeah like and that's essential like there's going to be bad days like this whole past week was kind of a shit week for me yeah yeah uh and like i said you know i don't quite know why um (laughs) today is is pretty good uh but yeah like there's there's times where it's like you just you know all your doubts attack you at once oh yeah it sucks it really does suck but uh, it's really stressful man when it's like you're on that high up one day and then the next day you're just down back there and you're like what the fuck and i think yeah (laughs) And I think that, you know, a good way to not validate your doubts is to be patient with them and let them take a couple of days to pass. And it's like if they're still not gone after some time, 
and that then maybe they're telling you something about something you need to change in your life, you know, but if they do go away and you feel yourself again, you feel happy with it again, then be like, okay, I just, you know, I was just going through a little funk, but I'm good now. And I don't have to listen to them. And knowing that those emotions are going to come back. And yeah. definitely just being able to harness them because you can't just stop those thoughts either. Right. Sometimes they're there for a reason too. Right. Some, sometimes they're just a way, to, a reminder to like kind of curb yourself, mm-hmm. humble yourself a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. And which we can never uh, be reminded too much of. So... <laughs> Right, Tom. A, I was gonna say, yeah, having yeah. a kid, like, definitely. Oh yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> help shape, like, if I'm gonna fucking do this, I need to do this, and not, not mess around, and yeah, and then that changes. <laughs> if, that changes. Otherwise, I'm I'm working at a job that I don't care about. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. All right, Tom. Well, this has been great, and thanks uh, for having me, man. For sure, man. So uh, as we close out, tell me what keeps you up at night. What keeps me up at night? What keeps you up at night? Oh man, uh, knowing how many more hours of sleep I have. <laughs> yeah, right. When they're when when you're counting them down, you know, mm-hmm. that's that's the worst part. When it's like you have to think about how many hours of sleep you're getting. All right, I got six more hours. Yeah, right. Oh, that's the worst. Uh, what keep, puts you to sleep though? Uh, weed. Weed. Shout out weed. <laughs> great uh nocturnal agent for many people not myself but for other for others yeah or youtube youtube as well yeah thanks for bringing up the show thanks man yeah be sure to pay attention to all the work that n43 records is doing out here in the lincoln warehouse and um yeah uh, i'll be tagging a lot of people because we talked about a lot of artists um but like i said um Utilize, uh, you know, those in your corner here in the scene. Uh, just be aware of the resources we have here in Milwaukee. And also remember to, you know, think about what we're working towards all, all collectively. We want Milwaukee to be noticed. We know it can be. We know the me- momentum's there. You know, we just have to uplift each other more. Thanks for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. We'll see you next time.